This is Pastor Rick's Daily Hope, the audio broadcast ministry of Pastor Rick Warren. Today we continue with our series called Building Character. In these teachings, Pastor Rick teaches us why it's important for us to mature in our faith. He shows us how to continually grow and develop spiritually so we can become more like Jesus. Before we get started, we want to let you know that very generous friends of the ministry are offering a $100,000 matching grant. That means that every dollar you give right now to help Daily Hope share the hope of Jesus around the world will be matched up to $100,000, making your gift go twice as far. You can find out more by going to PastorRick.com or by texting the word DAILY to 800-600-5004. Right now, here's Pastor Rick with part one of a message called Building Character at Work. Today, I want us to look at how God uses your work to build character, your job, your career. Now that's important because the fact is you're gonna spend approximately 40% of your life at work. In other words, it's your job. That's about 150,000 hours over your lifetime. And surveys show that about a third of all people say, I hate my job. And other surveys show that nearly two thirds of people are in the wrong job. You may not know this, but you can even like your job and still not be in the job that's best suited for how God shaped you. Even many people who are successful at their work really don't feel fulfilled by their work. They're making money, they have a lot of income, but they don't really feel fulfilled by their work and they're not really growing spiritually at work. Now, because you're gonna spend almost half of your life working, God is deeply interested in your work. Work is a part of God's will for your life. It's part of your calling. And for followers of Jesus, there's no such thing as just a job. God has five purposes for your life here on earth, and your job is one of the places that you can work on and fulfill four of those five purposes. Now, on your outline, I have noted that uh, your job is a place to do four of those five purposes. First, my job is a place to develop and use the talents that God gave me. And when you develop and use the talents God gave you, that's called your ministry then your job is a place to honor God by giving him your best, and that's your worship. And then your job is a place to show and tell others about God's love for them. That's called your mission. And then your job is a place to grow in character, Christ-like character, that's your maturity. Now today, I just wanna focus on the fourth purpose, work helping you grow to spiritual maturity. Work is an integral part of your spiritual development. You cannot grow to spiritual maturity without work. You can't relax your way into spiritual maturity. Now, each week in this series, we've reminded you that God's number one purpose in your life is for you to grow up spiritually. And our model and character is, of course, Jesus. Notice here on the screen, Romans 8:29. From the very beginning, God decided that those who came to him should become like his son. God's number one purpose in your life is to make you like Jesus, to grow in character. And Ephesians 4, 13, there on your outline says this, real maturity is that measure of development which is meant by the fullness of Christ. 
Spiritual maturity means the more I become like Christ, the more mature I become. Now, how does God use your work? How does God use my work to build my character? Well, he uses many different ways. But this weekend, I want us to just look at three ways. He uses pressure at work, he uses problems at work, and he uses people at work. Are any of you vaguely familiar with these three things? Yes, I'm sure you are. So let's look at it. Three ways God wants you to grow spiritually and become like Christ through your job. First, God uses pressure at work to teach me responsibility. God uses pressure at work to teach me responsibility. Now, every job has its own pressures. And stress can be beneficial if you use it to motivate you to grow. Have you ever had to complete a task that you didn't feel like doing? Yes. Have you ever had to complete a task that you didn't feel competent to do? Yes. Well, you were being responsible even though you didn't feel like doing it. Ephesians 5.15 says this. Live life then with a due sense of responsibility. Circle that. We are to live life with a sense of responsibility, not as people who don't know the meaning of life, but as those who do. The more you understand God has a purpose for your life, the more responsible you need to be. You see, work is a school of responsibility where we learn how to be responsible. And of course, that's a big deal because today, responsibility is declining in our society. You don't ever hear anybody talking about their responsibility. You hear everybody talking about my rights. But there are no rights without responsibilities. The courts are clogged by people who say it's not my fault. And, and if you talk to most psychologists or therapists today, they'll tell you that personal responsibility is the key to mental health. That's one of the big keys. It's also one of the big keys to spiritual growth. It's also one of the keys to career success. We grow by being given responsibility. Responsibility stretches us. Every time you're given a responsibility, it's an opportunity for spiritual and emotional and personal growth. You say, well, give me some examples, all right? Let me give you three or four ways to develop responsibility at work. This is how you grow in Christ-like character because Christ was responsible. How, how do I grow in responsibility? Well, number one, here, write this down, by keeping my promises. When you make a promise at work, you need to keep that promise at work. Psalm 15 verse four says this, that God blesses the one who always does what he promises, no matter how much it may cost. Is your word good? Are you a person of responsibility that people know that when you say it, it's gonna be done? Do you keep your promises? That's a mark of responsibility. Let me give you another one, by meeting deadlines. By meeting deadlines, you grow in responsibility. Proverbs 18, verse nine, one who is slack in his work is a brother to the one who destroys. That word there in Hebrew is actually the word saboteur, like a, somebody who sabotaged something. And the Bible says that when you waste your employer's time, at work, you're like a saboteur. You're sabotaging the business. You're sabotaging the company. You're destroying the business every time you waste time. And so meeting deadlines is another way of showing responsibility. Let me give you a third one. Ephesians 6 tells us that we, we uh, show responsibility by working without supervision. By working without supervision. Ephesians 6, 6 and 7 says this. Don't work hard only 
when your master is watching. In other words, the boss is in town. Work hard all the time as though working for Christ. Now notice there, he switches from saying, I'm working for my boss to say, I'm actually working for my real boss, Christ. And he says, whether my boss is in the office or not, whether my supervisor's checking up on me or not, uh, Christians should be known to not need a supervisor because they work on their own initiative. They give their best without having to be supervised because they're doing it for God. They have character and they're responsible and they do their best work because they realize that God is their ultimate boss. Luke 16, verse 10, Jesus said this, unless you're faithful in small matters, you won't be faithful in large ones. And if you cheat even a little, then you won't be honest in greater responsibilities. Now, he's talking here specifically about the responsibility of being honest, of having integrity. It makes, this verse makes me think about a guy in our church who once told me about a customer who asked him to do a dishonest favor, and the customer justified it by saying, it's okay, buddy, uh, your boss is out. But this Christian guy in our church replied, well, my real boss is never out. And, and that's a good thing, okay? That's, that's the mentality of saying, I'm not working for my boss. I'm working for my Savior. I'm working for God. Who do you work for? Makes a big difference in if you're responsible or irresponsible. If you, if you think you're just working for the government, you might be irresponsible. If you think you're working for a boss you don't respect, you might be irresponsible. But if you realize you're really working for God, then it's a matter of stewardship. Let me give you a fourth way to show responsibility. By controlling costs. By controlling costs. Did you know the Bible has something to say about this? Luke 16, verse 11 and 12 says this. If you're untrustworthy, unreliable, about worldly wealth, who will trust you with the true riches of heaven? And if you're not faithful with other people's money, why should you be entrusted with money of your own. You know, I, I was thinking as I read that verse just now, uh, some employees spend their company's money, you'd think they were the government, <laughs> that there's an unlimited budget. This verse tells us that God says the greatest test of your character is how you handle money. Do you manage it well? Do you, do you act as if somebody else's business is your business? You, do you, you know, accept ownership even though it's not yours? You see, God is watching and God says, I will determine how much I bless your life on how faith you, faithful you are with somebody else's money. So I'll be asking, how would you rate yourself on being responsible at work? H how would you rate yourself with your own finances? Uh, do either of those show that God can trust you with greater blessings? So the first thing God wants to do uh, with our work is teach us responsibility. Teach us how to be responsible. Let me give you a second way. God wants to use your job to help you grow. A second way God wants to help you grow spiritually is this. God uses problems at work to teach me character. He, he uses pressure to teach me responsibility. He uses problems to teach me character. Now, there are no problem-free jobs. And every job has its own unique problems. And God wants to use those problems to build your character. Romans chapter five, verses three and four says this. We can rejoice when we run into problems. 
and trials, for we know that they're good for us, that they help us learn to be patient. And patience develops strength of character. I want you to circle strength of character. You've heard me say before that God is far more interested in your character than he is in your comfort. He's far more interested in perfecting you than he is in pampering you. God's goal in your life and in your job, in your work, is not to make you comfortable. God's goal in your life is to make you grow up. And he uses problems in your life to teach you character. Whenever you've got a problem at work, you need to ask not why, why am I having this problem? Why is this happening to me? You need to ask what? Don't ask why, ask what? Ask, what do you want me to learn from this, God? What are you trying to teach me? What's the character problem in my life? What's my blind spot? What do you want me to work through uh, in this difficulty that it's revealing? What value, what attitude, what, what action, what, what responsibility uh, needs to be focused on? What character issue in my life uh, uh, needs to be worked on? When you so allowed this problem uh, in my life, so what, what do you want me to work on? You see, remember this simple truth. While you're working on your job, God is working on you. And God, can, did you know that God can even use temptation, the, uh, the temptations that you face at work? Many believers say, you know, I don't really like working with unbelievers because I get tempted all the time. Well, you're gonna get tempted with believers as much as with unbelievers. And, and it's not a sin to be tempted. It's a sin to give in to temptation. It's not a sin to be tempted. You're gonna be tempted the rest of life no matter where you work. And so it's a myth that if I just get around Christians, I won't be tempted by a lot of stuff. Jesus, the Bible says, was tempted in every way like as we, yet he never sinned. He never gave in. So it's not a sin to be tempted because Jesus never sinned, but he was tempted. Did you know that God can even use the temptations in your life for good? He can even use those temptations to build character because temptation is simply a choice. I can choose to do good or I can choose to do bad. Every time I choose to do bad, temptation harms me. Every time I choose to do good, temptation becomes a stepping stone for growth. You see, you can't justly, truly say, I'm an honest person unless you've ever been tempted to be dishonest. You can't say I'm a fair person unless you've ever been tempted and had the opportunity and the choice to be unfair. You can't say I'm a responsible person unless you've ever had the choice or opportunity or temptation to be irresponsible. Every temptation that comes into your life, listen, is an opportunity for growth. Every temptation is an opportunity for growth. It's an opportunity to change your, change your character, to build it, to develop strength of character. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 is a wonderful promise. Remember that the temptations that come into your life are no different from what others experience. In other words, we all are tempted in the same way. And God is faithful. He will keep the temptation from becoming so strong that you can't stand up against it. And when you're tempted, He will show you a way out so you will not give in to it. And you say, it was too strong, I couldn't handle it. You're lying because God says, I will never allow more on you than I put in you to bear it up. Thank you so much for listening to Pastor Rick's Daily Hope. We've got some incredible news to share with you. Very generous friends have given a $100,000 matching grant to this ministry. 
That means all this month, every dollar you give to help Daily Hope share the transforming love of Jesus with people around the world will be matched up to $100,000. Here's Rick to tell you more. Hi, everybody. You know, as we come to the end of this year, one of the things that worries me the most is that there's still about 3,000 people groups, small tribes in the world, where there are no Bibles, no believers, and no body of Christ. We call these people the unreached, unengaged people groups, and it's one of the reasons we started Daily Hope, to take the good news to the final frontier. We need to make every effort to reach these people with a Bible, a believer, and a new church. Now, thanks to your support, we're being able to do this. Thanks to your support, we're now broadcasting on radio stations, literally uh, not just across America, but all around the world. We're, we're in places like Rwanda and Uganda. We're in places like South Sudan, which has very, very little. Zambia, Korea, things like that. But we're also reaching even more people and more nations through the world with our Daily Hope podcast. Online, it goes literally to the whole world. Now, as we end this year, I, I want to express to you how much I appreciate your prayer support and your financial support of Daily Hope for this global effort. I can't do it without you. You can't do it without me. And as you consider your year-end giving, I wanna ask you to pray about giving a special gift to Daily Hope. Together, we're partners in going to the final frontier of people who have never heard of Jesus Christ. Now, the good news is this. A generous friend of Daily Hope is offering at the end of the year a matching gift. That's That's a challenge gift, which means they will match whatever gift you give. In other words, whatever you give will be doubled because of their matching that gift. So I'm going to ask you, I'm going to be very bold. This Give the biggest gift you can possibly give at the end of the year at this Christmas time. God gives his gift to us. We give our gifts back to him in Thanksgiving and out of Christmas. Uh, we give our gifts to Jesus. It's his birthday. And when you do, it will be matched by a donor doubling the impact of your gift. Thanks so much. And we're going to enjoy the end of the holiday seasons, and we're going to enjoy the new year together. God bless you. You can give right now by going to PastorRick.com or by texting the word daily to 800-600-5004. We'll say thanks by sending you the brand new Daily Hope Prayer Journal. Again, that's PastorRick.com or text the word daily to 800-600-5004. Thank you so much for your support. Be sure to join us next time as we look into God's Word for our daily hope. This program is sponsored by Pastor Rick's Daily Hope and your generous financial support.